they start with some sort of song about about happy titties. Kathy has happy titties. Happy titties. Glorious Kathy's happy titties. Kathy. Uh, I do have happy titties. They're joyful right now. If they could sing, they would. Kathy, let us start the show, and then the world of perverted <laughs> podcastness would love to hear. Wait, you can't roll your R's with here. Here, <laughs> that didn't work. Well, we'll talk about your happy titties. The following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And if you don't like it, please go fuck yourself. One, two, three, four. Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. Hello and welcome to Happy Titty Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and perversion. Recording bright and early this Halloween morning from a chilly 50-degree Los Angeles, I'm Kathy. I am Count Boogie, and it is just amazing to hear Kathy do a show immediately when she wakes up. I'm very groggy and gravelly voiced. <laughs> Last night, you're like, hey, can we get this done at 8 a.m.? Can we, you know, I'm assuming you got some agendas and things going on today. And I'm like, well, I got to walk from, you know, where I'm parked you know, to, to get to storage. So I'm like, all right, I'll get there, but just give me a little time to set up. And so I, ging, 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 ging. and then Kathy gets on the, on the thing and she's like, <laughs> I, I feel like a, a monster. Like I have, a, I had every time I did my notes. I'm ready to go. I, and uh, one o'clock in the morning, I still can't get to sleep. And I'm like, Oh, this is not going to be good. I'm going to get oh. up at the last minute, record a show with gravelly voice. I think that I think the Patreon supporters and our our listeners at large will understand. Well, you keep telling yourself that, but no, I Kathy, will. <laughs> they have expectations. They want you to be tight and bright, ready to go, hit the ground running, flip the really? switch, all that jazz, jazz hands, showtime. Because that's what I do. I fake it. You know what? <laughs> If I gave you some lame-ass story about how much kink I got last night and that's why I have gravelly voice, you guys would be cheering me on, but just because well, I couldn't get to sleep. Yeah, because that's lame and boring, you know? You can, you can at least make some shit up. It is. But, let's have, have but, but enough of all that. All right. Enough of all that. We have some significantly good news that was worrying you a lot and worrying us all that new. Let's talk about Kathy's happy titties before we move on. They're happy titties, even though they were squashed to oblivion. I when I got to Creative Explorer's house yesterday, I'm all don't touch my boobs. <laughs> They're very emotionally sensitive right now. They've been poked and prodded and gel put on them and moved around and they're just like Stay away from us. Don't let the man touch us. Which normally sounds like a good kink scene. Normally that would. I'm I'm all for good, you know, boob torture scene. But this was, you know, there was no kinkiness to it. But it was, it was good. Um, you know, I got uh, good news. I got another year of peace while I, uh, I sidestepped the cancer line mi- landmine, and I just got great news. It was really, it was really nice. And uh, it, it, what they found last year, which was a cyst on my left breast, um, has remained a cyst and has actually gotten smaller. So it's just a pocket of, of liquid. It's a liquid-filled cyst. And uh, they don't see any problems with it, so I'll be back in another six months to get another another mammogram, which everybody over the age of 40 should be getting at least once a year. I'm just going to stick that in there. Good PSA. <laughs> good, good PSA. So what you're saying now is that inside of your boob, right now, inside of your left boob, you said, yes. is a tiny little, a little nature's breast implant. It's very bizarre because they don't know why cysts happen, and um, the common theory is it's you know due to excessive caffeine. And I'm like, I, I don't drink coffee, and I don't drink soda. What the hell? What? And I have one, by the way, which I'm going Monday to have an ultrasound on my traitorous uterus, uterus again because there's there's one on my right ovary uh, that's kind of sitting there in a precarious position, and they have to ch- uh, check it every year. So I don't know what's going on with the cysts in my body. It's just a little 
little bit of liquid buildup that everyone freaks out over, including myself. There, I'm done. Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> but as a pervert guy, I'm like, does that does that make your titty bigger? You are such <laughs> a guy. I'm all, is this like a, you know, like a 80 cc, you know, cyst, you know? Or oh like, my what? God. <laughs> such a guy. I had to, I had to ask. I'm deprived. Uh-huh. I have shower curtains. They're lonely. My shower curtains are lonely, Kathy. I, I think you should advertise that. Put that a picture on Fat Go. Shower curtains, here they are. Come and get them. Any, any bitches out there who want them, I'm sure you'll be inundated with requests. <laughs> Kathy, I sense what? a level of sarcasm Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, with that last phrase you uttered as though I do not have the man magic to man attract magic. <laughs> the hordes and masses. But no, Wait, here's what the... Uh, well, actually, I'm sorry. I didn't. I forgot to put my sarcasm filter on, so hold on. Click. All right. Hey, Boogie, I can't believe it. Shower curtains. Good for you, bro. <laughs> Did I mention that I hate you? <laughs> that my level of hatred for you runs deepeth. Yes. If I'm going to speak in a biblical sense of my hatred, my hateth runneth thou deepeth. Oh my for God. thine <laughs> no my problem isn't that i don't have available partners that's what makes it maddening i am now back in los angeles and i am a mere hour drive away from said love fest oh. the problem is is i'm still looking for a car i have one dead ravioli that i live in in a gym parking lot and then i literally have to walk a half mile which isn't far, but it's still, you got to walk so I can get to storage. And then I stay at storage and I do things and look for a car and, and run the show and edit and all that stuff. And then I walk back. So if I don't get a car, I don't, I can't go to the, to the ladies. Ah. I can't go. So, so it's the like ladies I'm, are there waiting, but you they're can't waiting for me to get ah. a car and then, you know, maybe get a motel or something like that. And then we can have playtime in the motel. So everything's set up. And I got a call yesterday from one of my partners who has been a partner on and off for literally like 25 years. And she all of a sudden, like Bunny, just discovered her Professor Snape fantasy. Oh, Man, that's right up your alley. And this, I literally was like, just uh huh, uh huh. She's like, I can't believe I just had this. You know, I thought about Professor Snape and and just that voice and Alan Rickman and oh my god and why'd he die and just she's just gushing on and on. And I literally, as she's talking, I just pull my Professor Snape wand off of the shelf that's right there waiting for Bunny, and I literally open it and take a picture, and I just send it to her, and I go, do you know what that is? And she's like, oh, ah. oh my God. What This is the problem with dating primarily younger women is that they have no places of their own for you to go to. Well, this woman is older than me. Oh, I said 20, I said we've dated, you know, on and off for 25 years. If she was 25, then that means I started porking her when she was a zygote. A fetus. A (laughs) A fetal fucker. So Ah! why can't you go over there then? Well, I I can if I had a car and it's like a thing. She has a roommate. So COVID and, and so the roommate doesn't know me and they had an agreement. So when I get a car, then, then I agreed to go over and have tea with her and the roommates. So there could be like a meeting and then, you know, maybe <gasps> come back or whatever, you know, it's tea, you know, <laughs> jerk off on a napkin. I don't know. You know, whatever. No, it's not the same thing. If you got to promise me something, if you go and have tea with two women, I want a picture. I don't think either of them uh, are open to that. Uh, well, and I've never a picture of you holding a teacup with your pinky out. I can do that. Headley okay. has taught me many <laughs> things about the way of tea, which once again, it would be great to get Headley to actually have like a, some sort of tea segment. Notice I'm just <gasps> pimping Headley yes. without asking him first. It's not as if he doesn't do enough already. <laughs> I, I'm like, hey, Headley, by the way, a tea service segment would probably be pretty cool. That would probably be something to be really good with you and me and he to talk about uh, a tea service right. because well, obviously he is yeah. the expert among us. 
if we ever get another love lab, that's going to be the first freaking thing we do is get on together and do a segment with him about tea. Uh, or have him make the trip down and serve you tea. Serve us all tea. Oh. I, mean, I'm just, I, I love tea. I just had a tea orgasm when you said that. A <laughs> teagasm. <laughs> Look at Kathy. She has happy titties, peegasms, and teagasms. Look at you. Are just, you are just a wealth of joy. What happened there, man? What I'm the hell happened? Nihilist. Your, your nihilist has literally just taken a crap and run away to the wilderness. That is... <laughs> <laughs> that is magical. So, yeah. So now and I did, you know, Enigma actually pick I hired Enigma to leave his work and take me to go look at one car. And it was kind of a disaster. Um, and leave I just his did, work. Well, you know, he does delivery and food stuff. And oh. I'm like, hey, can I hire you away from your job to go look at a car? And so that's why when we went to your place the other day to pick up uh, the package. Right. You know, he was there and it was funny because we went and looked at this car and I knew when people are super casual and they have that everything's fine, car's fine, everything's great. <gasps> you know, I ask them, you know, all these specific questions. Yeah, this works fine. You know, the car looks OK. I go down, I get on the ground, I look at, oh, there's two oil spots, you know, <sighs> two things. So it has oil leaks. You know, the car's not expensive. It's like, you know, twenty five, twenty eight hundred dollars right. But still, I don't want to lump, you know. And then it's like I see a pool of uh, the antifreeze on top of the radiator. Oh. And I'm just like, well, well, what's that? And he's like, oh, you know, I, uh, I uh, you know, just uh, opened the cap the other day. Uh-huh. You know, and so, uh-huh. like that hasn't dried up after a few days. And then so it's just things are just and then I go and I check the windows and one of them just literally drops. And I go oh. and he just looked and just with this guy is pure like it like Hannibal Lecter <gasps> level selling of cars. He He will not blink. His heart rate doesn't go up. He knows he is not doing well on this sell. And he just literally is like, oh, yeah, sometimes the window doesn't go. Uh, apparently, he was Armenian-Russian. <laughs> and uh, and he just walks over and, like, picks up the window. And, you know, and he's like, yeah, it's no big deal. No problem. You know, price is firm. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. How do you find these people? <laughs> and I literally just close the hood. I hand him his keys back. And I go, good luck selling the car. Doesn't say a word to me. Just turns around and walks away. So. <laughs> So there's wow. some things you you will you have to know and I'm not a mechanic so you know so this is my what I why I'm not getting laid right uh-huh, now. Uh-huh. That's I'm a, trying. That was a long story to tell us why you're not getting laid but now we understand better. Now you understand that the that it's there. The partners are just like, "Hey, you're back, right? That means we can play, right?" Right. And I'm like, "I, I need a car. <laughs> I need a fucking the car." The lengths you have to go to the hoops you have to jump through boogie to get laid is showing some that's some dedication to some pussy man welcome to being a man that life is the place talk about genital torture and subspace we share our kinky thrills with perverts from around the world Perverted podcast talking about fat life, motherfucker. Fat life is the place. Fat life is the place. Fat life is the place. Woo! Woo! That was our new fat life jingle. <laughs> On top of the other fat life jingle. <laughs> this is, we'll call it a work in progress. Okay, we'll do that. All right, Little Songbird uh, gave us permission to talk about her post called. Court me like a Manila girl. It's actually when I just said that, it sounds like I said Manila. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm all like, we're going I'm on vacation. Manila, Manila. We're going wedge. on vacation. <laughs> Look at we're going to Manila. My boobs would happily go on vacation right now. Okay, no. She, where's Manila? I, by the way, wait a minute. Where's Manila? It's it's. I, I have the, never mind. Okay. Total. <laughs> Total let's, lame American. I know nothing about geography. I've never yeah, been in Yeah, let's not tell the listeners how lame you and I are geographically because uh, we'll be in a lot of trouble. They'll be like, I'm pulling my Patreon support, motherfucker, if you don't even know where you are on this planet. So, all right. So I'm just going to use the word vanilla even because I don't want to fuck this up again. Uh, court me like I'm a vanilla girl. She says, sometimes I feel like that's too much to ask for. 
recording that's free of sexual innuendo, lewd remarks of my nudes, and questions about my kinks. I want to feel seen by someone who wants to know the vanilla wafer side of me first, who cares about my thoughts, my feelings, experiences, who's curious about my interests and life adventures and wants to see how our lives could align. Kink comes later when I've decided that I like your company and want to get naked. Then we can talk about sex and the dirty, filthy, depraved parts of our minds. I get it. Guys want to know there's a sexual connection. But that doesn't mean sex needs to be a topic on the first three dates when I don't even know how much I like you yet. Until then, just treat me like I'm a vanilla girl. If you do, I will reward you with complete authenticity. If you don't, I will reward you with sass and distrust. I'm just a girl, a kinky girl, but a girl no less. And that girl should come first, not the kink. <sighs> okay, now I knew when I read this, I thought I'm going to ask her for permission. And this could be a weird one because uh, it's actually a pretty good thing to do because you and I basically represent the polar opposites on this opinion. And both are legitimate and both are perfectly fine because we each are coming from different places. Um, I myself being a um, kind of person who needs to... Demisexual. Oh, that's right. I am. I you totally do have a term for that it. word. You have a term for it. I, yes, I am demisexual. And I need to find that connection first. And, and it's nothing... This is not... a. Uh, I'm not making a comment on what a great person I am or the quality of my personality. No, it's not. I just, I can't help it. That's the way my brain is wired. I wish it weren't. I wish it were a total slut who the minute um, I even felt any connection with, with another partner, woman or man, I would immediately start gushing and get sexually aroused. That would be great. I would love that. Unfortunately, I need to get to know your brain first. I need to laugh with you. And that's what fucking turns me on when the kink comes out. And so I would love that, but it seems very, uh, very difficult to find in the current state of our world, especially in this country, because we've advanced so much where we don't, we're not afraid of discussing sex and we, we, we know how healthy it is to have a fantasy life and a sex life and, and, and to just enjoy yourself as long as it's we're between adults and consensual. And that's great. But I, I think that sometimes it comes at a price and people like myself and this author pay that price because we really uh, need and enjoy that kind of interaction before any sex happens. And then there's the perfectly fine and normal other side of it like yours. So I will... I will hand it off to you here, Boogie. Thank you, Catherine. Um, <laughs> indeed, I still hate you, and uh, but I think you're brilliant. Sure. Um, <laughs> I have, once again, 75 pink Post-it notes. <laughs> oh, my God. That, uh, <laughs> pink? Now they're pink? Well, they're pink because they're not the real Post-it notes because real Post-it notes are way too expensive. But 99-cent store Post-it notes just, just are fine. perfect. Yeah. Yes. And I have tons of them. I spent a lot of time. I, I really, really, there's an instinct to kind of be a snobby dick that wells in me constantly and no different in this situation because I have a lot of experience with it. And, you know, I've been in lifestyle a long time. But this is a topic where I really and truly believe more than 90% of my other bullshit that I think I'm an expert on. I really believe I have a balanced answer for this exact conundrum that is not uncommon. That is something I have heard many times from many women. Maybe some men feel this way too. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't play with men, but I have spoken to many women, usually on the newer end of entering the lifestyle and getting on FetLife. And I have heard this a lot, that why can't people appreciate me for, you know, me first, and then we'll get into the sex because of this or that or that. I have many answers. But the first thing that I want to start with is that what you present to somebody is your first impression and will elicit a reaction based on what you have put out. In general, I'm not talking about the guys that are pigs that don't 
don't even spend any effort reading your profile or whatever. You know, we're not talking about the the people that no matter what, they're like, we're on a kink website, so you're here and I'm going to be kinky and I'm going to say lewd things no matter what you present. So we're going to talk about the average person, the average man and the average profile that you set up. So I went to this poster's profile and I said, what is her first impression that she puts off? She is asking for, um, you know, three dates. And in this post, she wants, you know, three dates where we don't talk about sex. And then we, uh, you know, can talk about sex later. I want you to love me for me and investigate me for me. So I went to her profile. Her avatar picture is a picture of her hanging upside down naked. Every picture of her, and this isn't a shame or whatever. I'm just saying this is what's on on your site. Um, Every picture is either in a sexy corset or, you know, some sort of thing. There are no pictures of, you know, ice skating on vacation, sipping a cup of tea, you know, goofing off with your friends, waving, you know, out of a car. The message that is put out is all sensual or sexual. These are that's your first impression of what you put out. Now, then in the profile, the reading part, the poster did a much better job of starting with more of her non kink likes. And then, of course, touched on some of the her sexuality and a little bit. But she did it in a in a more general way, which I thought was good if she wants more of the psychological connection before the sexual connection. But there was still things about her sexuality and she alluded to some posts about, you know, how to fuck her and, you know, something like that. So that is your first. See, because people don't understand, Kathy, a profile is your first date. The profile has replaced what used to be called the first date in the old days. You saw someone at a bowling alley or in front of a movie theater and you're like, hey, do you want to go out? And they don't know you and they're like, okay, well, let's go have a malt and, you know, we'll go to the malt shop and we'll have a malt. And so you go to the malt shop and you meet them in that place. And then what do you do? You say, so, so tell me about yourself. And that's what people did. That's how people interacted before uh, the Internet and social media and profiles. So now with profiles, you have the ability to put out exactly all of your information. And this poster did, and many other people do. Oh, I like this and hiking and, you know, roller skating, ice skating, you know, going to the zoo, blah, 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 blah. And that gives somebody the idea, you know, the ability to say, oh, I have things in common with this person. That's great. Got it. But that profile is your first date. So if you put out something, you can't get a guy's dick hard And then all of a sudden expect him to completely ignore his erection and talk about your vacation where some old lady taught you how to feed goats. That's just not how an erection works. That's not how the primal side of a mind works. So if you engage my sexuality, expect me to talk about things that are sexual. I have told so many women who have had this conversation with me, I ask them, what are you putting on your profile? And they're all, well, I have a picture of this and here's my tits and my vagina and, and whatever. And I'm like, why not just put a picture of a cute cat or you, you know, riding a Ferris wheel or something? Well, I, you know, I want to be sexy and I want to feel sexy and I want to be validated for being sexy. And that's fine. You can, you absolutely can. But if your goal is to avoid sexy conversations then why are you putting your sexuality out first? So you're saying her pro, her profile is kind of in contradiction in, a, in that the pictures are highly sexual, but then the profile is saying this is what I'm expecting from you and what I'm looking for. It's more, it is more of it. She's not projecting. I mean, m- most of all, everyone's complaint is nobody reads the profile. But if somebody is actually looking to have a connection with you, you know, because there's different things. People are looking for a play partner on FetLife. They're looking for a hookup on FetLife. They're looking for online, you know, sexual role play on FetLife. Or they're looking for a relationship to develop a relationship with someone. So that all should be expressed very early. This this post that she made, if it was my choice, in my advice, 
I would say to put that, this is what I am looking for, and then continue. And right now we're analyzing someone's fucking profile, but this is the post. She made the post. Yeah, which is not normally what we do, but in this case, it's it happens to also be a, a perfect example that we can use to discuss. So, you know, I I under... Unlike a lot of people out there who might get offended at what you say, I understand that you all of us have to take responsibility <clears throat> for the consequences of what we put in motion in our lives. So, and in this, I'm not, I'm actually not talking about uh, this girl in particular at all no. because I've read so many posts of people who do the same thing and complain about it. Um, and I actually, just my personal opinion is I don't think she's really doing a, a great deal of complaining on her post, but I've read some posts where, oh my Lord, people are just so upset. Women are so upset and pissed off that they put the most sexually explicit pictures on them and people have the nerve to be assholes. Well, yeah, how people, dare you be turned people, on? Well, it's not just that you're unfortunately, whether you like it or not, you're going to attract complete assholes when you put up pictures like that, particularly on a site like this, because this kind of site on its own attracts um, a lot of the worst in in men out there. It just does. That's the way it's going to work. And in addition, if you put on um, very explicit photos, you're going to uh, get even more of that coming into your inbox. Uh, case in point, I have uh, no pictures, uh, explicit or otherwise, of, of me and – I don't get any fucking emails. None. <laughs> I always. <laughs> Do you have an F? Do you have an F for female on your profile? I I actually used to have a pretty long uh, uh, profile description. And recently I took it off because it didn't fit me anymore. And I haven't even bothered to come up with something new. I have pictures. I have a couple pictures of me in a Halloween costume, not sexy at all. I, and pictures of my dog and pictures of other things. Right. But, I'm on a podcast and I don't get fucking emails. Okay. So you people lust for you all the time. Oh, please. Okay. Maybe not all the time, but it's happened more than once, more than once, more than me. (laughs) All right. But my point is that, that, that is also, I'm, I, again, we're, we are using her profile as an example, but I'm using mine too. I don't, don't get those fucking emails because guys will click through those profiles very quickly. the, The pictures and to them, a sexy picture equals a woman who wants sex. And because, as you say, men are, are much more, as, as a whole, much more primal than women when it comes to the sexual urge. Let around by their dicks is the phrase that everybody uses. And they will go for that. I get that. I'm going to also say this. If I were a thin, attractive woman... I would have those fucking pictures up on my profile (laughs) and I would say, damn the fucking consequences. I don't (laughs) mind getting those emails. I would just hit delete, 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 delete. This is who I am, motherfucker. I am a sexual woman. I enjoy my body. I enjoy posting pictures of my body. And I want you to motherfucking court me. And if you don't want to, that's fine. And if you want me to send me a, a horrible email, I will fucking block your ass. And I will do everything that I need to. But I would be okay with those consequences. Now, this is someone speaking who doesn't get that kind of attention. So I may, after six months, go, oh, my God, this is too much, and just delete my profile. I totally get that. Right. I, I've never been on that on that end of things. Yeah, I've but- never been. We've never been on the, oh, my God, hot harassment, uh, you know. <laughs> I hear about it all the time. I mean, I put my dick up, you know, hers, you know, I put my balls dipped in blue dye on my profile. You know, I don't have a lot of dick pics, but, you know, I I have some like mm, my serious dominant look pics. And you have the eyebrow, the the dominant eyebrow, dumb eyebrow, you know, looking thing. Nobody gives a fuck. People are just (laughs) like, hey, man, like the show. You're a douche. You know, <laughs> well, I, I'm going to just finish by saying I, I loved her post. I don't see anything wrong with it. I, I think she's just doing a minor complaint. I don't think she's uh, she does not, in my opinion, um, join the ranks of the many people that I have read who um, think that 
there's nothing wrong with what they do. There's everything wrong with what you do and you should fucking right. stop it because you're a predator and I'm going to report you to the police. I mean, that there's that extreme attitude. And then there's her post who's just like, I'm, I'm kinky and I'm sexual and I get it. I would just love it if people would just cool their jets and understand that I am demisexual and I'm going to have to get to know you. And it's a, it's a tough road to go down. I I've had one partner in years because I, I find it, hard to find that. I mean, it doesn't help that, that I'm old and fat, that, that absolutely works against me. Um, and the pandemic doesn't help either, but, uh, it's a tough road to travel when you are a sexual person and you like putting that out there, but you also need to be courted. Um, it's not fun. It just isn't. And I, I feel her pain. I agree. And I absolutely hope and I tried, I mentally, because at first I want to be snobby and, you know, and, and do the Count Boogie asshole thing. But I really want this poster to know, and everybody, just like you, you have the right to want whatever you want from how you vet and develop relationships with people. You absolutely have the right. But there is a way to make it work better for your success. And then there's that difference of the fantasy of people seeing my sexy photos and validating me, but that one true person cutting through and saying, I see you all sexy and I am attracted to you, but I'm going to ignore all of that. And then I'm just going to talk to you about feeding goats in Milana or wherever the hell we thought Manila. And then the reality of how am I presenting myself and am I presenting myself in a way that builds a space for people to understand, oh, this person probably wants some more before we talk about sex. And also it's, it's important to also state that it is okay for people to just want to have lewd conversations because there are lots of women that want that. Yeah. That say that, and they want you to jack off on their photos. So it's really just standing up for yourself, but also being realistic about what, image you're putting out and the expectation of people to overcome all you know millions of years of evolution and a lizard brain and you got to poke the guys in the intellectual before you poke them in the dick right is geeky world news a social enigma i don't know let's ask enigma he should know because he's got the same name oh ladies and gentlemen 2020 Escalation with Enigma! Are you ready? Are you ready to go? Are you ready for boobies? <laughs> oh, is this what we have become, Enigma? Yes, it is. Yes, it absolutely yes, it is. is, and mm-hmm. it hasn't changed. And we get excited about boobies because we're 12. Going on me fifty and you what like twenty eight or something? I don't know. I'm I'm thirty two, but yeah, thirty two. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. a, that's that's you're you're at that age. You're at that magical age where your spine still recovers oh. <laughs> from rescalation twenty twenty. How are you doing, Enigma? I, I'm doing pretty good. Um, I uh, I got to have some fun last week, so you know. That's... Which, hence the clever term that I coined, thank you very much. Yes, Because exactly. it was a rescalation mm-hmm. because uh, this is the person that you wrestled with the last time we talked about it. That is correct. It was fun. Um, she and I have been like getting together a couple times, and actually today we planned to get together again. But yeah, no, it was, it was a lot of fun. Like She came over, we did kind of a Halloween body paint shoot. Um, like I painted her butt to look like a pumpkin. Nice. Cause butt in the face, it always works out. And yeah. And so then afterwards she like cleaned herself off and then we started wrestling and it it definitely escalated. What was kind of funny was right at the beginning, I was like, Oh, I'm going to put my fingers in her mouth. Cause that's like wrestling and trying to like gag her and choke her. Sure. And I did it. And then my immediate next thought was like, Oh, I never talked. We never talked about that. Because that's kind of something you need to bring up. <laughs> Thankfully, it was like right at the beginning. So I like I immediately took my fingers. I was like, I'm so sorry. Is that okay? And she laughed and uh, and was like, actually, I am really fucking into that. Wow. 
Because, like, yeah. Because, like, I stuck the fingers in her mouth, and then, like, I could see the, the like, thought process in her head. It was like, oh, what is he doing? Oh, I like that. Like, I saw the thought process in her face, and that's why I stopped, because I was like, okay, there was concern in her eyes for a second. And it was just kind of like a surprise. We hadn't talked about that, but now I know she's into it. So okay, but you guys have a safe word established that you know she can she can also speak up for herself. Oh yeah, and, and it's not like you tried to stick your dick in her ass or something. I did not. No, um, like yeah, we agreed like the first time like like if if things are too bad, red is good. But also like we're not at a point where stop isn't doesn't mean stop. Right, right. So, so definitely got more into that, and then it was funny because we, we we were talking about like I do the photography thing, and we were talking about oh we should go look at backdrops, and she was like hey I have a coupon to Joanne's, and so we like wrestled for an hour, and then we like drove down to a, a, there's a pretty big the Joanne's arts and crafts store. Joanne's yes, is like a yes. big arts and crafts store here in the states, like a big warehouse yeah. of arts and, and crafts, and they they just um, built one a couple months ago in like the. LA area that that's like two stories of of Joanne's Jesus Christ um, yeah so we, we went to that one and it was fun because like we, we I'd already established the last time that she was in the pressure points and so I just got to like tease her with pressure points all the way to Joanne's and like while she's like sitting in the car texting people like distracting her with gropage and pinching and all, All right, so stuff. this so this was definitely an escalation. It was, it was. That, that's good, and so you had more fun. Now then, uh, was she clothed and you, or was she nude and you fully clothed, or did you finally get some more nakedness for the Enigma? I went for, uh, I, I went shirtless, like, going slightly, like, wor- working up to full nude together. Like, I don't want to, like, um, go too fast You just don't want to... But- sp- spring your massive man meat on her just right, right away right You're working yeah, up to I, it yeah 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 because yeah, that I, I can be just... terrifying you right know, right right when they see um, that right I, I i definitely don't want to scare her with my massive peen <laughs> um, <laughs> massive peen but yeah then, then we, we came back from joanne's um i i fed her pie because i made i made pie good um, good tactic pie yeah. works wonders I have pie. I have snacks. I have otter pops. Like I have, I have submissive tr- snacks for days. Like I'm, I'm good. Um, and then while we were in there, um, you've been here, but like in my kitchen, like I have these like kind of a bench sort of set up on one side of my kitchen. And after the pie, like I just like gently took the plate from her, and then I just like I grabbed her and like shoved her over the the bench and just like wailed on her, like ripped off the clothes the clothes that she was wearing and it just like wailed on her ass for a while. And yeah, subtle. I like it. it. Yeah, it was good. Here's your pie. Now an ass beating. That is, Mm -hmm. that is good. That is, that is quality, quality day kink. Like that's something I've been wanting to do with those chairs. like since I moved in and haven't had somebody that I could get that aggressive (laughs) with. So that's great. There's definitely like, like as I'm doing it, I'm like, yes, you're all checked off that because you know it's true we're dudes and we just stare at every you know okay if i stand on a milk crate you know i'll Mm -hmm. be just the right height at this if someone does (laughs) like literally yeah yeah, yeah i i planned out for weeks and then was able to finally fuck somebody on top of the refrigerator oh you know Mm -hmm. like how am i gonna stand on the counter you right, know, right, and right. that's you know, and it's you know, it's not glamorous. No, but it is. It is entertaining. It was not the best. Yeah, I have fucked more than once in more than <laughs> one place. Somebody on top of the refrigerator just to goddamn do it. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. On much. use of your bench. Now, then, we have a couple things to talk about. Things going on in the world. Yes, we do. And what do we have today? So we're going to start off with some uh, some literary information. So if anybody's looking for something to read while they're in lockdown, uh, this comes from OprahMag.com. So this comes straight from Oprah. So that, that means it's quality. You told Harpo to beat me. <laughs> I loves Harpo. Exactly. But I kill him dead before I let a man beat me. What's that from? Color purple. That was Oprah Winfrey. Good job. Thank you very much. She should have got an Oscar for that. There was a whole thing about that. So this article is called R.O. Kwan and Garth Greenwell reveal the details of their sexy new fiction anthology, Kink. Um, 
So, as we have discussed on the show before, the coronavirus has made being intimate with each other a lot more difficult. And yet, as a culture, we are thirstier for sex than ever. Um, just looking at like the numbers from Pornhub that they've been putting out, like people have been searching all sorts of random shit on on their site. Here, here. And so, this new anthology, Kink, looks to open some um, doors for people. The book aims to open people's minds for emotional and erotic exploration. And unlike other stories and other anthologies, this book actually looks into what kink actually is and not what people like Christian Cray says it is. Right. So I just thought this would be a really cool thing for people to check out if they're locked down and things are getting a little stuffy. And the fact that they're, they're aiming to come at kink from a bit more of a uh, ethical perspective than a lot of stories do I think is really important as well as the story does like it's it's stories from all over the spectrum they have stories about straight couples gay couples like they they don't just keep it to like one specific avenue like it's they're looking at the whole spectrum that is kink I thought it was really good I mean just from what I read in in that article right I like the fact that all of a sudden now talking they don't even call it negotiation they just say talking before you play right right which is negotiation i don't give a fuck what you call it we just want people to talk about what they're going to do before they do it and to find out how empowering that is and how Mm -hmm. not just building the sexiness and oh we're let's try this and we can try this or oh that's not going to work and become a total disaster and kill the scene you know here this is going to work so uh it is exciting to hear more talk in literature in current erotica about talking beforehand and and consent right and so you don't usually hear that there was still some things that still they're kind of you know formulaic you know a lot of their research or whatever is coming from oh i used to be a pro dom you know and yeah, so yeah. i i know we're still attached in mainstream media we're still attached to going to pro doms to talk about uh, chemistry and kink and that doesn't mean that pro doms can't have a healthy kink life but in general there is still a focus on money for intimacy right, right. and so so i i always want to say that i still am hoping for the day where the majority of research that is done about kink is from people who do this solely because they love it and solely because the exchange that they get is power mm-hmm. and not just uh, finance. But in general, I thought I was really excited to see that it, it does seem as though we are progressing in the mainstream to start seeing what we are attempting to do in the lifestyle. Right. Yeah. And and I, I saw on, a, uh, on Facebook the other day, like there was this meme going around that it was talking about how like, you may not call it uh, aftercare, but like after you've had sex, like what do you do? You have a snack, you smoke, you have a drink, you talk about it. Like aftercare is, is something that is actually pretty common in the quote unquote vanilla world, but we don't look at it that way. Like we, well, we used to call it pillow talk. Right. Yeah. That was called people who pillow talk and there was people who had pillow talk and then people who put on their pants and left. Right. Um, but I think uh, it's, it's normalizing yes, it. it. Yeah, yeah, it it is definitely normalizing it, but I think there's also there's more than the general perception that aftercare is also allowing you to get a little deeper into that. So I don't care what they call it, right, but I right. would like to see if you call it pillow talk that it, it you know pillow talk usually just refers to talking about your life. Maybe you giggle a little bit about oh my god, I can't believe we did that, but it was just more conversational, and that's where the jokes you know came you know, in in the 80s and 90s about pillow talk and, you know, that it was a, di- a, a distraction from right, hard right. sex and stuff like that. So, but I would definitely love to see that become more normalized where it's like, oh, now this is the debriefing, mm-hmm. you know, where we get to talk about what we did and how it made you feel and how it made me feel. And, oh, that part actually seemed a little weird, but then we got through it. And so, that definitely that interactive discussion afterwards, even after all the cuddling and and whatever, if people are into that uh, type of cuddling, it, right. it's and, exciting. 
and with the like the person that I've been I've been seeing the last couple of weeks, like she and I still have like we will still have conversations. I like like I did like in the middle of the scenes, like oh hey we need to stop this and check in and like it didn't stop the scene at all. It didn't change anything. It was just like hey let's check in and I think that's something that could happen after sex, like you're talking about, like. You call it whatever you want, but like having that, having that, normalizing the conversation and normalizing, you know, actually reconnecting with your partner, I think is definitely important. And, and stories like this and the fact that it's on, you know, the Oprah, it's in the Oprah magazine, like that's, that's definitely going to do good for normalizing our culture. I think so. I just, uh, we just have to keep talking about it, mm-hmm. you know, uh, hopefully we can normalize it enough to where there's like a snowball effect. And that's what I'm really hoping for. Because right now, kink podcasts, BDSM podcasts, whatever you want to call it, we are still very not searchable in many, right. many formats. Uh, the people that do live this as a lifestyle, it is a very big uphill battle. Not just in monetization, not just trying to make money in donations and, and uh, you know, crowdfunding and you know stuff like that forget about all that just to be found in search engines right just to be considered educational as opposed to just some fringe kind of kink sexuality that we have to shove away um my hope is that as more of these types of books and interviews and such normalize the kink and bdsm lifestyle and see it as a source of education as a potential source of positive interaction in a relationship that all of a sudden some things are going to lighten up and people are going to actually be able to find the information they're looking for right exactly because right now it's not there yeah like like you have you have to really already kind of know what you're looking for to find to even search on google yeah yeah, you can't. Very unfriendly towards uh, anything adult oriented, right? So we keep working on it, but it's good. I like. I'll take any progress at this point. Exactly, which is uh, which kind of flows into our next article. Um, this comes from SciPost.org. Um, that's size and psychology. SciPost.org. Clever. The, thank you. So this article is called New Research Raises Questions About the Nature of Hypersexuality and Whether It's a Mental Disorder. (laughs) Okay, so first off... I love this topic. I do too. Well, because it's like, can men really be sex addicts or is it just something they say to get sympathy when they get caught cheating? Right. Is is the joke. So now there's some research behind it. Exactly. Um, actually, what I wanted to first get into is if you go to this article, they have a picture at the top of the article, like many articles do, but this picture is, it's basically me every night, a dude staring at his computer with a weird look on his face. And that, that offends me a bit. Um, like I I don't wear a tie, but it's a little too close to home. I'm, 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 I'm a little offended by the picture. And other than that, like once you get past the picture, it's fine. But that, that initial picture, it's like, that's. That's too webcammy creeper vibe to me. Just had to get that out of the way. Anyway, so the World Health Organization lists compulsive uh, sexual behavior disorder as an impulse control problem. This is a disorder that's kind of parallel to what we're talking about today. Um, the re- this research focused primarily on about 200 men, with about half of them clinically diagnosed with being with being hypersexual. They were tested on their physical reaction to porn and written suggestions like, when an attractive person flirts with me, I easily become sexually aroused. What I found interesting was how there wasn't a lot of response from the porn, but the fantasy of the the could-bes and the maybes, that's the written suggestion is what really got people going. Um, but yeah, like, like you're talking about, like really what the research really came out to was that people, like the men in the study maybe aren't necessarily hypersexual about porn, but it's, it's the fantasy. It's actually getting into situations. It's, it's the real life stuff that actually does a lot more for people. So the idea, how did this address the compulsion? I mean, because obviously compulsive yeah. behaviors can be in anything. You can become compulsive about food, eating video games, 
drugs, gambling, you know, uh, and and that can get to a point to where your brain has taken over that activity as the only thing that you prioritize in order to survive. And that, of course, can have disastrous uh, social relationship and and personal consequences to that. So I didn't really see in the article where it really addressed the compulsion other than just measuring, you know, oh, yeah, in this sense, maybe they got a little more turned on. Yeah. And and, I mean, we, we talked about this a few weeks ago about there's another research study that tested physical reaction right to something and that like we talked about it then like i I have a pretty big problem with that sort of testing it's like oh because oh they didn't get hard so they must not be into that but it's kind of like we were talking about before like they're they're starting to do these studies more and i think that that's definitely like we were just talking about like that's a good thing but i think it's the it's the approach that i think is the problem there a lot of these scientists are still putting a lot of weight into physical reaction, uh, in this case, erections. And that's not necessarily an identifier of actual arousal or actual interest. And if we're looking at the response to like being hypersexual, I, I'm not exactly sure what the, what should be tested, but like a boner doesn't necessarily do that. No, a lot of these things I think, are going to go more towards the psychological evaluations on what people are willing to give up when you feel uh, this urge sexually. Does that prioritize over eating or going to work or, you know, I think there's definitely a lot better approaches to, to testing and interviewing to see if somebody actually has a negative compulsion towards Mm -hmm. uh, an activity as opposed to just, you know, if you're turned on, I, I, I totally agree with you. This is this is another study that really seems, once again, to just focus on on the physical to to validate an outcome or an analysis. Right. Exactly. Again, I, I don't exactly know what the answer is, but I definitely don't. I think the I think it just needs to change a little bit. I <laughs> are you listening, <laughs> scientists? Because Enigma and Boogie are in the house. And we're letting yes. you know this is not the way to do it. Do better. Get out there. Get out there and fucking do it. We want some studies to talk about that actually get into some real shit and not just play with boners. What the fuck is up with that anyway? Everything's about, you know, boners and ejaculation. It's men. It's men. We need women running these fucking studies because women are into the communication in the headspace about it. It's true. I don't think they actually get into, like, who the... Oh, I, one of the studies is a well. Her name's Nicole, so it might be. Well, then Nicole is secretly a man, baby. <laughs> this is me just exhibiting my ignorant prejudices towards men. Well, and and something that I, I was I'm thinking about, like I I did a lot of uh, social psychology classes in college. That was my minor, and I think where I think what, possibly one of the limitations is like they don't want to actually go out and and deal with ethical issues of like interacting with people in the real world because that takes a lot of that takes a lot of planning a lot of maybe pushing people's um, ethics just a little bit to like find out uh, to get responses out of people because I definitely did a couple of studies where we had to go out and like do stuff around people and see how they reacted so I think that might be why a lot of these studies are more they're trying to be more clinical about it but I think going out into the real world and actually inter- like being in these spaces where where quote unquote hypersexuality will be like going to uh, sex clubs going like we have a couple clubs here that would be great uh, study environments for like a for a researcher to go and just like watch people in hypersexual environments and see how they actually react in these in these areas. I think that's something that would be a lot more beneficial than sticking somebody into a lab and putting a you know a thing on their dick and being like all right get hard so in other words it's lazy science we're trying to fight against i think so I, like don't I be think... lazy get out there in the real world mix it up do some crazy shit fuck with some heads you'll get to the core 
as look as at a that we just fixed it again we did as a professional hunted house person i i agree mind fucking is the best kind of fucking <laughs> um i am i am on board and on that note enigma it was yes. great talking with you and we look at i look forward to hearing rescalation part six <laughs> I, I look forward to it too uh before i go uh if people want to find us on the interwebs um, they can find us on Twitter at Perverted Pcast. They can find us on Instagram at Perverted Podcast. They can find us on FetLife. Just search Perverted Podcast. There's a group and a page. Or they can go to our website for everything. And that is show 283. Don't forget that you can write to us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com whenever you have something weighing on your mind. And we'll do our best to not mess up your name. And then we'll try our darn tootness to give you some sound advice. Visit us on patreon.com forward slash perverted podcast if you'd like to start supporting this show. Your five bucks a month gets us that much closer to Love Lab 2.0. And finally, to our amazing Patreon supporters, we thank you for the faith you have in us. Words simply cannot express how honored we are that you're with us. Take it away, Boogie. I got nothing else. It was so fun this week to be back in storage and have the studio set up and make a new jingle for Headley. I'm just so very happy to have, you know, it's good, it's bad, it's good, it's bad. But in general, I really feel the opportunities are here to make this show uh, better. I know I say that ad nauseum, but I really think in the last six months we have improved, we have done things. And we're going to keep doing those things because you keep pushing us on. Thank you so much, Kathy, for being my nemesis and my love at the same time. I don't know why I'm talking like I'm going to die tomorrow, but I might die tomorrow. I don't know. Apparently, I'm going to get hit by a truck walking home. Uh, We will see. (laughs) I'm not run over by a truck, goddammit. Maybe we'll have some good sexy stories next week, and maybe I'll get laid. And if not, goddammit, we'll just see you next week. Kick it. Gas prices up and down, it makes my wallet wonder Why the oil companies intentionally always got to steal my thunder I wish that I had wings so I would never ever need to drive Cause I'm always broke and I'm usually jobless Spend my money at the bars where the girls go topless I got a wee, you got a woo Get on top and do the thing that you do Sugar, you could play with me until my money's gone Could that be? Maybe Jolly Mr. Jolly with the 12 pack and a couple of dollars. Somebody coming to give me a kiss. Somebody coming to come to take off a dress. We could do it here and never have to leave the home. It's not Mr. Trolley or the bill or the dollars, but the bill collector and he say I've been naughty. Water go by, by lights go out. My clock no more goes ticky ticky tock. Now I'm in the dark, but I still can sing my song I'm singing. Agenda. Oh, I don't need nobody to tell me who I should be. Yeah! I don't need the money. He don't need the money. I just want the girl. He just want the girl with the pretty long legs. With the pretty long Pretty, pretty girl. Pretty, pretty girl. So sorry, Mama Sita. I hate to inform you, baby boy. Makes a living off unemployment.
Hi-Hi-Nuz.